Welcome to the Social Media Cafe podcast. I'm Bridie Castiel, social media strategist for small business owners. So grab a coffee and join us for a chat about social media marketing and running a small business. Hi, Anina. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, This is the first episode I'm filming for my new video podcast, and I am super delighted you're here. I know you are well accustomed to doing webinars and online bits and pieces as of late. So um, I'm really, really pleased you could join me. First things first, um, I want to hear, well, everybody else wants to hear uh, what it is that you do, who you are, and uh, and then we'll start talking about your social media. Hi, so thank you for having me. My name is Yonina Rubenstein, and I am a sexuality educator. So that means I get to teach people all about <laughs> the really most fun, interesting, juicy parts of life, um, everything related to our body to having sex to body image consent. Um, I work with with women, with parents and with teens. And we really cover just so many really interesting topics through webinars, through in-person workshops and also one-on-one coaching. Wow, okay. So this kind of spans all age groups, right? Um, It can. I personally focus on teens and up. (laughs) And I teach parents who have young children, but I myself don't teach young children. I do have colleagues who work in kindergartens and grade school, elementary school, um, but that's less of my focus. Oh, okay. So this is like a really sensitive topic (laughs) to be talking about (laughs) online and especially coming from, um, I don't know where you live, but you visually look religious. So I'm going to assume from a religious background. Um, you know, how does that balance come into play with with you bringing this topic online, which in and of itself is kind of, uh, I don't want to go as far as to say taboo, but the internet is is already something that people have concerns about in terms of like being kosher and stuff. So how, how do you balance all yeah. that? So it's a really good question and it's an ongoing journey. Um, I'll start with just the more organic part of it in daily life. A lot of times when I tell people what I do, they'll like start blushing or change the subject. Um, I have I have colleagues who really don't tell people so much, like they kind of beat around the bush. Um, in the beginning, it was a little bit like there were some people who I would use different language to explain what I did. Um, But as I've become more comfortable with what I do professionally, I just kind of put it all out there. And then, like you said, in the online sphere, there's a whole nother added element. And I just, I want to go back and say that it's not just in religious circles. You would think, right, that like religious people would be much more off put. But I remember my first business course that I took through Ma'of in Israel, and we always like go around and introduce ourselves. And what we did, and when I introduced myself, he turned so red and started stammering. And he was like, well, I guess I won't be calling on you to give any examples then during the course. And I was just like, (laughs) you don't understand. And like, I didn't, we didn't even explain what it was. We just gave the title. Right. Okay. Really does. Yeah. It spans social circles, like the, the shame and uncomfortable kind of attitude towards sexuality. Um, And then online, like you said, there's this whole added element of sexuality online, because we immediately kind of go to like porn, right? 
And yeah, and I do, I do have a lot of colleagues who use a lot of, you know, like provocative images or um, wording. And I kind of really try because I know that a lot of people who are coming to learn from me are, it's, it's a big step for them emotionally to even start like learning about sexuality. So I really try and keep it as neutral, like a neutral safe space for them to begin that journey and to delve into it. And also to respect like the different sensitivities because I do serve the Jewish community and most of my clients are religious. Right, okay. And how does that like manifest itself in, in like posting and stuff? Like how, how do you even start to be sensitive about a topic that people are so sensitive? Right, so I have a couple rules that I have set in place for myself. Um, I feel like my balance that I'm trying to strike sometimes is by um, kind of being inclusive enough to not just how I, how I make other people feel uncomfortable, but how I can be inclusive to all different people's um, sexual identities and beliefs while also, you know, teaching values-based sexuality education. So some of the rules that I have in place for my social media are I'll never share any nudity. And that's like obvious to me that I wouldn't share uh, nude pictures of myself or sexual pictures of myself. But a lot of times my, you know, other people in the se sexuality and the professional world create really, really great content, but the graphics they use might be, you know, of, um, of a person with a lot of their body exposed or of, of people, you know, in a sexual act or something like that. So those are things that I won't share on my page, even though I love learning from them and I would, you know, like and support people who do share that. Mm -hmm. So that's one rule I've set in place for myself. I also am careful with the language I use. Um, I kind of have developed this own terminology that I feel comfortable with. And I think that's something that's important is when I feel comfortable with it and I know why I'm using it, I kind of say like, if the, these are people who are my audience then they'll follow me and they'll learn it and they'll understand. And if not, that's fine. Like I'll give you an example. Um, I don't know if you've seen these kind of posts, you'll tell me you're like ads for events where they'll say, um, it's about Jewish intimacy, right? Or intimacy between a man and woman, things like that. Mm -hmm. And using the word intimacy instead of sex, mm -hmm. right? So I don't do that. I'll say like sexuality or sex, things like that. Um, and that turns some people off. And that's fine with me. Knowing that the way I present myself is also kind of those are the boundaries for the people who will be drawn to work with me as well. Right, right. That's kind of like one of the, the core principles of um, marketing and, and definitely in social media marketing is, you know, on one hand, you've got to make sure that you are um, being open and understanding of your target audience enough to attract them. And on the other hand, you know, you've got to stay true to yourself and stay true to the values of your business so that you can attract those ideal clients, right? That's how, that's how we talk about it, ideal clients, that you know these people yeah. will be naturally drawn to you based on exactly how you are. And if they're not, then they're not for you. Um, does that kind of raise for you any like um, worries about 
not reaching enough people like you're you're a small business right you you uh, how long have you been how long have you been doing this what i'm currently doing i've only been doing since for one year <laughs> right. so i felt like, like you kind of yeah recently yeah. sprung onto the scene i just like, didn't know I've if i wasn't been, ready before yeah i've been working in sexuality education for almost a decade but it was mainly in israeli high schools and communities through word of mouth right really being online in the english speaking community is a year wow okay so i mean like i i feel like you kind of recently sprung up i did like i said i didn't know if it was because <laughs> i only just became aware of you and then suddenly you're everywhere or, or if you really um had just started kind of working on your social media social media in the last year or so but um it it, it really stood out to me because there's there is there is content out there that kind of addresses this topic right but like you say i've either kind of seen it go way off the other way where like you can't even really tell that that's what it's about uh, let's say a webinar right like they've kind of coded it so much that you don't really know or you know the other extreme which is which is that it's very obvious which you know for for certain audiences wouldn't be wouldn't be appropriate it wouldn't be something that they would want to see and wouldn't be something they would feel comfortable even if they were interested in following you for your content they wouldn't want that to come up on their feed like right. i don't know let's say that you know they're sitting on the bus on instagram you know like there's certain things you don't want, you don't want to spring up on your feet for fear of someone looking over your shoulder or a kid or something like that. So, I think it's a it's it's a really beautiful balance what you've what you've been doing, and I really feel um, like your message has been carefully crafted. And I want to talk a little bit about boundaries within that. Like, I, I noticed in one of your stories um, uh, a few weeks ago, maybe last week, you. Did like a, an ask me anything or ask me a question thing and one of the questions was something personal about you and and you said i don't answer personal questions so i want to hear like what that's not, that's one boundary and and talk to me about the the decision making process behind that but also like are there any other boundaries that you you kind of have set for yourself or for your business yeah so it's interesting because that boundary comes up a lot and not even just on social media like sometimes people will be talking to me like I'll randomly <laughs> I'll bump into people and be like oh my gosh I have to tell you something that happened to me the other day and they'll share like a very personal story um and then they'll say does that ever happen to you or something like that and for me as a professional and also as just an individual in a relationship one of my rules is I don't talk about my personal sex life with other people Mm -hmm. So there are maybe a few people who I'll, you know, talk to about it, but there be, that's because we have that personal relationship. Right. But for sure on social media, right, I do answer parenting questions. Sometimes I'll give examples from my own life, but I will never talk about my personal sex life. Um, sometimes I'll talk about in general terms, things which are helpful. Mm -hmm. That's one boundary that I set because one of my values around sexuality is intimacy right and to be able to create and preserve intimacy we really have to get good at setting boundaries right uh, and that's a hard balance to strike on social media because i also want people to feel like my social media page is an intimate place for them like right. they can ask me like i've had people dm me on instagram and say i want to ask you a question but i feel like worried that maybe this will somehow get leaked mm -hmm. can i whatsapp you or email you instead 
Mm -hmm. So even just considering the kind of platforms we're using and how that reflects the interaction with customers is really interesting in that sphere. Like I noticed that Facebook groups are much more conducive for having conversations about intimate subjects than general um, social media pages. Right. Like Instagram and like that. So that's interesting. Right. Um, There's a certain amount of, of trust in that, that the people in the group are all there to have a conversation that is, you know, safe and protected. It kind of becomes a safe space. Although that being said, you know, there are plenty of cases where you know people screenshot and share outside of groups and stuff and right um you know there's nothing to stop somebody from from doing that if you know if they wanted to um yeah it's uh it's a tricky and i i feel like there's a kind of there's, there's a couple of things here that i want to pull out is one that is that in social media especially small business owners we often hear that we have to be really authentic and share our own vulnerabilities and share our own story so that other people so that other people you know can really connect and relate to us um you know and obviously in in your case you you've made a you made made rightly so a point of of not going there which do you feel like that limits you in any way or like like or is that like completely comfortable for you that's a really good question um there are certain things where I still struggle with that, not in terms like of my sex life, because for me, that's a boundary that I've practiced a lot in life in general. And so it's followed me to social media, but in terms of my mental health struggles or in terms of um, struggles in my business, I feel like I am a very authentic person and I want to bring that with me to the social media. And I know that also is what catches and that's what uh, makes things, you know, people relatable and people are looking for that. I, I feel like sometimes it even borders on them. I would call it emotional pornography mm. where people are like putting themselves out. There's so much that people, that's what people are like showing up for, for like the, you know, for them. Right. Not so gossip, details. But for that, like, yeah. yeah, to get really, really into someone's inner life. Um, so, so that bothers me in the, in the sense that where where are people putting the limits? Where are people putting boundaries? How healthy is that emotionally for someone to be getting their validation through thousands of online following? Right. On the other hand, there is that, that I know that feeling of when you, someone shares something really personal and you can identify and how that can really help you feel okay and not alone and seek out mm -hmm. help. So there is, there is what to be said for that. And I, I struggle with that as well, with figuring out what to share that will be helpful to other people and helpful for myself without crossing that line that I feel is more performative. Like I'm sharing really intimate details about my life in order to gain some sort of reaction from other people. Validation, right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's one of the questions honestly comes up the most probably there are many questions that come up often but like for me like the biggest question is well how personal do I have to get like how much do I have to share like you know I've, I I do I have to post pictures of my cat and you know my visit to my safta and like my morning coffee every day right like yeah. do I have to go further than that do I have to you know post selfies of me crying <laughs> when I'm when I'm you know having a bad day and all that stuff so you know and I always say like that's a completely personal choice and it may be mm -hmm. that there are some things that really benefit your business to be vulnerable on, but that has to be like a business qualified decision. 
if you're using it as just an emotional outlet, as a creative space for you to share and to, um, to get that kind of emotional validation and justification from other people, I agree with you. I feel like that is a, a dangerous place to start getting into and, and B, as a business, that doesn't serve your business at all. Like right. If you want to have a personal space, create a new account, right? If you want to be able to right. share freely whatever comes up and you, whatever you want to get out there, um, you know, do that somewhere else because it doesn't necessarily add to your business. And then when you start to blur the lines between the two, things get really, really confusing. Um, so that's a question. Like yeah, that's friends. a question I really... Which, right. is, which is a good thing, right? Like you want people to feel like they, <laughs> they they have a relationship with you. But I feel like in your space, like people start to feel like they're your friend and therefore can just come and talk to you about their sex life, like even on the street and expect you to kind of jump in and be like, oh yeah, sex on the street all the time. You know, like you're not friends. <laughs> and I'm sure you, you right. know, like you said, you, you have people that you talk to um, and that you've chosen to, to share intimate details of your life with because they are chosen friends people that you trust and um and, and you know will support you but you know your average susan <laughs> is not gonna be the person that you start to divulge <laughs> with and want to connect with on that level so i think it's um it's a really interesting like these these issues come up in every business in every business using social media but like for you it just goes like five layers deeper that i find it's such an interesting phenomenon that people will just feel like they could have those conversations with you yeah that's a question that's come up for me a lot recently when as I've started getting clearer um, my Instagram following has been growing and I've been starting to really ask what my goal is for this page right mm -hmm. so I do have the education and advocacy element and there's also the you know to drive business and that that question of how much do I really want to share of my personal life here and how much do I want it to remain purely professional is something I've really been asking myself because I do have fun sharing my personal life I have fun sharing you know pictures of my kids and going on hikes and I think it's also uh, helpful for people because it's such a sensitive topic to feel like they can really trust me and they feel mm -hmm. close to me and they realize I'm not just like you know, walking around talking about sex all day, that there are other elements to life. And I think it's important in terms of the modeling, because I, I talk a lot about how we don't see, you know, people having sex. We don't see how people are expressing their sexuality necessarily. So we don't know, right, when we imagine like a sexual person, we might have this image in mind from a movie or from porn. Right. But to have that modeling of someone who teaches about sex, who's very open about sexuality and also has a normal life is important for people to see so that they can also realize that they can, they can have that as well. That's so interesting. Yeah, like, you know, you've, you've kind of made those business justifications for sharing that content because it, it helps build like a wider picture for your people. But what's interesting to me is I was just thinking of this, like yeah. let's take the same subject matter um, of sensitive topics online, but apply it to somebody who's like a, um, a psychiatrist or a therapist. It's like a really, I feel like the, the, the tables have turned. Like I feel like people don't wanna know about their therapist's mm -hmm. personal lives and they don't wanna have that next step relationship. What they wanna know is that they are, in a professional safe space and they have uh you know confidentiality and and you know that none of that is is kind of 
none of the therapist's life or feelings or opinions on things like the role of a therapist really is to not have necessarily opinions on things but rather help somebody work through their own issues and so it's kind of like we don't want that when it comes to therapists and there are many therapists on instagram that are like super super successful um and they don't do any of that stuff so it's kind of you know we're always talking about like you've got to share your vulnerabilities you've got to share your life you've got to share you know things that people can relate to and yet in some spaces we actually want to keep that distance to feel safe is that something you've yeah. thought about as well so much and i follow a bunch of different um therapists who sex therapists or sex professionals and also general therapists and parenting gurus and things like that and there are so many different styles and that's really helped me like see that yes you can be successful in many different ways like you really choose i think what's right for you and i maybe i'll reach out to some of them and ask how they made their decision about what they're sharing on their page because it really is interesting. For example, someone I love and connect with a lot, her name is Dr. Um, Lauren Vogel, and she only shares um, she only shares professional things, like nothing personal. Mm -hmm. And there's another professional who I follow and love, his name is Todd Bartz, and he, um, your diagnosis, and he talks a lot about his decision to be very personal and very open and in terms of also like the pictures he shares and the content he shares as a therapist mm -hmm. and why he feels that it is beneficial and important. So there really is, like you said, like there are so many different ways you can go about it. And it's, I think, comforting <laughs> to see that no matter what choice you make, it can still be successful. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to worry. I think that some, sometimes, at least for me, like the worry, if I don't share enough, then I'm not, you know, I'm not going to grow a following. I'm not going to have customers or clients through this channel. And, and I see that there are people who do. Mm -hmm. So just really deciding, I think what works for you, like you said, like decide what works for your values and maybe your personality or business, and then do it the best you can. Well, the one thing that I really love that you did recently was you, you jumped on the Bridgerton um, wagon, <laughs> right? So Bridgerton like came up on Netflix and like within a week everybody was posting about it like even me and I really don't post that much um I post stuff about like my life I post like a lot of songs and tv that I'm watching and like kind of stuff like that and I was like Bridgerton whoa that was it like that's all I posted <laughs> in my story so everybody was talking about this it was like a super hot thing Hot in terms of trending, but also hot in terms yeah. of hot. Um, in all ways. In all the ways it was hot. And and I loved that, like really, really quickly, you you took that as um something that you could, you know, create a piece of content on, right? Like, and you did this, you did this webinar. How many people did you have sign up for that in the end? Um, I had over 200. Wow. Yeah. And okay, so I have to tell the backstory. First Please of all, do. all of the credit goes to Bela Haskell who runs <laughs> Veg It Out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she bugged me for weeks. She was like, you need to watch Bridgerton. You need to watch it. It's right up your alley. And I was like, uh, I don't have class. Like, I don't want to watch another show. It doesn't even sound that interesting. Mm -hmm. I watched one episode. I wrote to her like, it was pretty boring. I think I'm right. going to stop. The last episode She's like, no, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm like, She's like, you have it. to watch it. So I like, I bit 
<laughs> I binged it in like two nights or two days. I don't even remember. <laughs> we all did. Um, we all left did. my kids to fend for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and I did, I have to admit, I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> sorry, everybody. No. I didn't. But, <laughs> but I was like, okay, yeah, there is a lot to talk about. Um, there was a lot of things I felt they got wrong. There were some things that got right. Like, okay. And, and then Bela kept on bugging me again. She was like, listen, you should really do something about it. Like, like talk about it. And I had seen a bunch of other, now that I'm thinking about it, it wasn't a ton, but a few other um, sex professionals, sex ed professionals who had done some sort of Instagram live or a post about Bridgerton. So I was like, oh, people are doing that already. Like, I don't have to do that as well. Mm-hmm. But then I thought, you know what? I see so many people who are my target audience talking about it. And it was surprising to me because you were saying how my niche is like really so broad and it is. And because of that, I've been working really hard to also kind of focus on specific groups within my niche so that it Mm -hmm. doesn't just get lost. Um, So I noticed a lot of religious Jewish women were talking about Bridgerton. And it was surprising because no one had been talking outwardly about Fifty Shades of Grey or Game of Thrones, even though a ton of people told me privately they were actually watching it. But this show, for some reason, struck them differently. And um, so I was like, yeah. And I just- Well, because most people would just watch the first episode and be like, oh, this is boring. This is is really tame. I'm just going to leave that there. So all people who really watched it know know where it goes. So I, uh, yeah. So I, I put out this post. I created like a graphic on Canva, like I always do. And it blew up. I was- shocked um you and and I was shocked so many people over 200 people registered at the actual live there were over 60 women um and and I got so many responses to women who watched the webinar live and who watched the recording it it was a big lesson for me in um and really jumping on trends and being able to utilize what's going on and I'm lucky that in my profession there are so many things so many just like (laughs) right like in the news and in general media there are a lot of opportunities for me to be able to to, you know utilize yeah I think it's uh it's really exciting to be able to do that because you know you are kind of piggybacking on something that has already captured people's attention so you you have so much less work to do when you are um you know going for that and what I loved about that session that you did was that you know we all a lot of people loved Bridgerton right a lot of people were like whoa and like frankly it was super pornographic and I think that's what shocked people um is like this looked like a really tame period drama piece on Netflix and then all of a sudden it was like you know it was getting to 50 shades of gray place right so everybody was like super shocked and like you know really wanting to talk about it and share their share their thoughts and stuff and then you know you came to kind of create some structure around that and there were so many issues in that Sure. Like, and I, you know, and I, I saw them, I saw them for what they were based on the fact that, you know, okay, these are social construct issues and issues with the, the fact that the girls don't know what's happening and they don't know how a baby is made and they're scared, you know, like all of these things, but it wasn't until you really like drew them out and then applied them to how these issues still exist. Right. It's one thing to see it on TV and be like, oh, back then things are so crazy. And then another thing to be like, whoa, 
this is still happening. This is happening in yeah. our community. This is happening in our households. Um, you know, and, and I thought that that was, that was really awesome because I think that that took something that people were just excited about, you know, like maybe people had different expectations for, for what the webinar would be. And then, you know, and then you really created like um, uh, an education piece out of it, right? It wasn't just like an opportunity to gossip and like get, get all giggly about what the show <laughs> was, but really, um, you know, learn something from it. And I thought that that was super interesting. And I can see like, I can see that applying for you in so many different ways. Uh, let's take the uh, TikTok, like TikTok trends, right? So um, it's kind of over now, but the um, it's a WAP song trend. Um, yeah. So, you know, like the, the whole dance routine that comes with that and the, you know, the different age ranges of people doing the dance trends and like, what the words mean and how that impacts our, you know, yeah. teens and our and, and adults partaking, you know, a whole like, there's so many issues um, that, that crop up that we all worry about from like a parenting perspective, but we don't necessarily think of them as educational opportunities. So I'd be really excited if you, yeah. uh, if you jump on some trends moving forward. <laughs> yeah, and I have to say, it's really, really rare. I, I you know, I love to watch and support um, people in my community's stuff, but like it's really, really rare that after bedtime I'll sit down and and watch um, you know someone's webinar and stuff. Even if I've signed up for it, I'll probably catch the replay if I have time at some stage. But I did. I tuned in live, um, and I was even anxious about getting bedtime Hello. out of the way <laughs> to to join. So you know, you really you really uh, created a drive to attend, and it was really awesome. Yay! And I think also, well, thank you for showing up. It's so nice to hear. And I think what you said is so is something I see so often in my work is especially when I work with in high schools. So I'll speak to like the, you know, the teacher beforehand and they'll say, you know, oh my gosh, the girls talk about sex all the time. Like this is the only thing, you know, they talk about, they know so much, like, I don't know. And then when I actually have an, a conversation with them and it's not just like, you know, giggling and like, oh mm -hmm. no, he's so cute. Or what did you do? Or whatever, you're actually giving them information and discussing and critical thinking. It's a huge difference for them and it can be really hard for them to, to make that switch and to learn that language and to learn those skills. And I think that's why it's so important. We're all surrounded, like you said, all the time by these opportunities. We're always getting messages about our sexuality and about relationships and about sex and our bodies and our gender roles mm -hmm. but to actually pause for a moment and to realize how they're affecting what what these messages are how they're affecting us which ones align with our values which ones don't and to to grow and develop our sexuality proactively from our own choice and to decide like where we want it you know where we want to be how we're going to get there mm -hmm. something that most people don't do yeah, it's, um, it's kind of been the thing that everybody has tried to avoid for like so long, you know, like we know our teenagers and preteens and even earlier than that um, are uh, already starting to explore or experience their sexuality, become more aware of themselves, they're hearing things from friends, they're, they have access to things on the internet, um, you know, and yet like for all us adults, we're kind of like, I don't want to deal with it. Can't relate. Can't remember. It was just too intense for me when I was a teenager. So I just don't even want to go there because I remember kind of what it was like, but I want to pretend that I don't. Right? Like I have um, uh, teenage girls in my close family, and you know, 
we've been meaning to have some girl talks for a while because I know you know I know that they're at that stage where there's a lot of access um through various things for them and they're hearing things and they're talking about it and talking about boys and you know I I'm so conscious that there's probably a huge amount of misinformation <laughs> in there right and and I grew up in a space where I grew up in in um, a not religious environment in the middle of England so you know by that age everything was available to me we had reasonable sex ed at school um, uh, and I was a very worldly intelligent kid who kind of went out and wanted to know facts about things right the the environment that the beautiful safe and value-based environment that we raise our children in religiously here in Israel is is incredible but it also kind of to me, it seems like it, um, it it excludes that. It wants to kind of put the blinkers on to it. And I, I feel like it's a real, a real chaval. And I, I find your work super, super interesting. So thank you for sharing loads and loads of stuff thank on Instagram because it really, you know, personally helps me <laughs> and brings it to my forefront. I have a two-year-old and, you know, your, um, your course is about how to deal with uh, educating our kids about these things and, the, and their bodies you know and, and understanding that that's something you recommend educating them on from day one um yeah you know it's day it's, zero yeah <laughs> day zero. yeah so yeah you know that's that's really opened my eyes to you know where I need to be as a parent and I think that you're probably unknowingly helping a lot of people with that so so bravo Yay. and thank you <laughs> thank you for existing I thank appreciate you. it um tell me a little bit more about the, some of the challenges you've had on social media like as a business owner have there been the, the other things that have come up that have really like thrown you for a loop so one challenge is i is is a person like it's an emotional struggle and it's also knowing the technical balance of marketing my paid events or opportunities like my course and um my one-on-one -on -one coaching i remember when i ran the first the first um, session of my course for parents, I asked someone who had been following me for a while and she had said she wanted to do the course and she hadn't signed up. So I said like, not, no pressure at all. I'm just asking like a market, um, market yes, <laughs> for market <laughs> research. Like um, if, if there are specific reasons you decided not to sign up for the course. And she said, what are you talking about? I haven't seen you advertising it at all. And I felt like I had been bombarding people and my audience and they were probably tired of it and they were going to stop following me. And then I realized like, oh, this is so interesting. It hasn't necessarily popped up on their radar. Mm -hmm. So that's been something that I struggle with finding that balance and feeling and also just feeling confident, like, you know what, I do provide a lot of free content and a lot of free information. And this is a space where I can also promote myself and advertise my business. That's totally just feeling like legitimized in using this space for that as well, because I feel like, oh, there's so much free stuff out there. And people kind of even expect everything to just be free at this point that sometimes they're even taken aback um, mm -hmm. when things are paid. So having the confidence to say, you know what, this is a business account. And part of what I do here is to also generate income is a piece that I'm working on. Right. That's been a struggle. Um, figuring out who my niche is and reaching them, especially because I 
I do focus on the Jewish community, on Jewish women, but many of my posts about sexuality in general apply to everyone in the world. So I will get a lot of just beautiful random people following me and they're not necessarily my target audience. So that's also something I've been, um, you know, thinking about and trying to figure out. And then the whole graphics, which I'm (laughs) not even, not even like focusing on yet, but I do know like it's at the back of my head to create, um, to create a brand look, to create some sort of, you know, graphic that on one hand is very cohesive and on the other hand can differentiate between the different kinds of posts and offers I'm putting out because that was one of the feedbacks that my friend gave me she said oh that post you put up about your course looked like all of your other informational posts I didn't realize that it was actually the details of your course yeah 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 that's a a couple of a couple of the, the bumps in the road. Um, my favorite yeah. my favorite reality check to give people is that nobody is seeing your content. Nobody is seeing your content. Go with the assumption <laughs> every single day that not one person has seen your previous post for a couple of reasons. One is either, one you just mentioned, either they have kind of too much visually connected your previous post to your current post, i.e. they've gone, I've already read that get past it right so visually it looks so similar that they kind of just go I've seen it move on and on the other hand not creating enough cohesiveness between posts on a branding level so that people go oh I saw your Nina's post last week and now I see that she's posted a new one last week was really interesting I'm going to stop and read this right so creating enough connection in the back of their brain so they recognize you between posts you know because that's that's the only way that you know if you've captured someone's attention one time you want to be able to make that last over the course of your content and you know social media content is this like big big picture that we're weaving together of multiple posts and multiple messages and and multiple things we're not getting everything across in one singular post so we need people's attention over time um and that's that's really the challenge so super super common concerns there that you know i think i think affect all of us um i've been testing this this past couple of weeks a new graphic template um, of using the same design, exact same design, different text on it to give very practical how-to information. Um, and uh, and I'm seeing the, the reach start to decline. So the engagement is going down wow. post on post, uh, even though the, the content in and of itself is, you know, in the graphic and super valuable and on a very specific issue that I know my audience suffer from, you know, the, the engagement. And I think it's that effect of them seeing it over and over again. They're going, seen it, not going to read that, seen it, read that, you know, just in the scrolling, they're not even thinking, you know, very yeah. consciously. They're just kind of subconsciously going, seen it, seen it, seen it. So yeah, that's, um, that's, uh, I, I wish you all the best with finding your, your balance with that because <laughs> <laughs> it's really a true challenge. And you know, for so many small business owners, myself included, you know, we did not come into our business to be expert graphic designers, social media marketers, uh, webinar <laughs> hosts. Yeah, you know, we we came to do the thing that we that we love and that we have expertise in, and it just so happens that we have to do all of these other things to uh, to get our message out there. But I think you're doing um, an incredible job, and I really appreciate you sharing a little bit about your journey and your experiences uh, here today. 
Um, that's it. Is there any, do you have anything coming up that you want to talk about? Um, anything that people should know about or we should jump on? What's your Instagram handle? Like, let's, uh, let's make sure people can connect with you afterwards. Okay, bring it in. So on Facebook and on Instagram, my handles are my name. It's at Yonina Rubenstein. Mm -hmm. That's another thing I was wondering about a lot is, you know, how much should I put like sex in the name of, you know, in my handle or should I just have it be my name? Anyway, um, so that's my handle is at Yonina Rubenstein. And I have a course for parents, which runs every two months. I start a new round, which is really for parents of kids ages zero through the teenage years, we cover everything you need to know about raising a sexually healthy and confident child. Mm -hmm. um, I have a couple things coming up for Prim, which I'm actually about to start advertising. Mm -hmm. um, I have some stuff, which will be, I'm opening a private WhatsApp group and um, an IGTV series, which will be really interesting. And that's that for now. Yeah. Exciting. That's that's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. I have been meaning to do your um your parenting course for <laughs> for some time. Um and uh, and I definitely will at some stage. It's just one of those when things. When the that, time is right. Yeah. yeah, you know, with uh with all the lockdowns and stuff, you have to decide mm -hmm. what's mission critical. Um yeah. that being 100%. said, my my son's well-being is <laughs> so I should probably go around. <laughs> I think you're doing a very good job as it is. Thank you. I appreciate that. So um thank you so much for for stopping in. Uh I appreciate uh I appreciate your time and I appreciate your 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 point of view on on how this journey has been for you. And uh and I'm gonna love you and leave you right there. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs>